What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Operation Growth Podcast. Today, we have Katie Ivey, who is our VP of Sales here at Demandbase. And I really wanted to get Katie on the podcast after an internal presentation she did regarding a growth versus a fixed mindset. So we talk a lot about her journey starting in sales and and then, you know, her managing teams and what she's learned there and how actually having a growth mindset not only helped her succeed, but her team succeed as well. We touch on a lot of different topics, like is it possible to change somebody with a fixed mindset into more of a growth mindset? We also talk about women within tech and what Katie's doing to empower more women within the space. This and many, many more on this episode. I'm extremely excited. Let's just get it. I'm here with Katie Ivy, and I'm really excited about this one, just working next to Katie and, and really understanding how she operates. I really want to get her on the podcast to share some of her experiences, not only within sales, but within personal development and some of her ideologies. So to start, who is Katie Ivy? Great question. I love the way you phrase it even. Who is Katie hmm. Ivy? Um, let's see, wife, friend, a voracious reader, a world traveler. For the purpose of this interview, probably the most relevant piece is revenue leader. I've been in sales or been managing salespeople for pretty much uh, my entire career. I love sales and marketing in particular, so I think that's a, a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. And how'd you get into sales? Um, it's it's funny. I feel like it's a common story across so many salespeople I meet, but it was definitely an accident. Um, I had traveled for a couple of years before college and worked for a nonprofit, spent a bunch of time in Australia and all over the place, and then actually studied international politics. Wow. So had every intention of working for a nonprofit. That was sort of the game plan, finishing school. Happened to stumble into this amazing Norwegian company that was hiring for sales reps, entry level, uh, convinced me that I'd have lots of opportunity long term to travel. So that was what initially (laughs) got me interested in that role. They called it a management trainee position, which was basically I was making a ton of cold calls from day one. Um, So it was an accidental role, but it turned out that I loved the company, loved the role itself, uh, and just fell in love with sales and was really successful pretty early on. And was that like a big culture shock? Because you you really had no sales experience prior to that. And then jumping right to like, you know, making a ton of cold calls. It was, culture shock's probably a good word. I had done some interesting things during the time that I had traveled and lived overseas. I'd done a lot of fundraising and some public speaking. So I think that helped me at least build confidence. I was also really competitive. So I liked the pace of sales early on. I wasn't a natural at it. I was terrible on the phone. Even today, I talk really fast naturally, but multiply that times about 10, and that's the pace at which I talked 10 or 15 years ago. So there was some challenges and some learning early on, but I enjoyed it uh, really from the beginning. Yeah. And what did you take from that learning experience to help you progress further on to your career? Yeah, it's a good question, and I feel like folks that are just getting started in sales always want to know, like, what does success look like early on? And, of course, there's the aspect of just being better and winning and being really competitive. And initially, for me, at least the first 6 to 12 months, like, that was what it was all about. Like, I worked super late nights. I was just determined to hustle. And because I was not a natural at some parts of the role, I kind of felt like I was just going to have to work harder to be good at certain parts of it. Um, and I was young. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I've also always been really fascinated by people and fascinated about business in general. So that part of the learning curve I really liked because I felt like I was learning a ton as I was going. And that sure. made the long hours and the hard work, I think, easier. 
Um, I was also really good with people early on. I think it helped that I had some leadership experience at a really young age. So I emerged pretty naturally as like a leader within the team, mm-hmm. probably from like month three or month six. I was, I was running a team like a year in at that first gig. Wow. So I was probably more natural at the leadership piece than the sales. And I got better at sales over time. Do you think like the traveling helped with you being able to connect with people and things like that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd en- encountered a lot of very diverse people, diverse backgrounds, um, and just, again, that curiosity and, like, genuinely liking people naturally can translate into, like, getting people to warm up to you in a sales role, for sure. Of course, yeah. To your earlier point, you mentioned you were doing a ton of cold calls starting off early. As you know, sales is a... A grind? A, yeah, it's a <laughs> grind. It's um, it's a rejection business. So how do you deal with all the negatives that's in sales and still find joy in it? Yeah, I like that question, the, not just how do you deal with it, but how do you find joy in it? Because I think that's really the right way of looking at it. Um, and I don't know if I have like one silver bullet answer for that. I've always considered myself relatively gritty, if you will. I don't know if you've read any of like Angela Duckworth stuff or like her TED, her talk. TED talk. Yeah, like, she's just amazing, by the way. You should definitely read it if you haven't read her book. Um, but that concept of grit and being able to handle rejection and bounce back, I think I'd cultivated that at a fairly young age. I lost a parent to cancer when I was a kid. I don't know, I just had dealt with some things early on that I guess built that muscle of just not getting knocked down super easily. And you're right, in sales, 99% of what you hear is no's, and that's really stays true your, the entirety of your career, whether sure. you're an SDR making cold calls or whether you're an enterprise rep closing you know million-dollar deals. There's a lot of no's and there's a lot of disappointment. And I don't know, I think I just conditioned myself early on. Of course, you're always bummed. Like, no one likes to lose at anything, mm-hmm. um, but at least understanding that that's not, like, the defining moment or the kind of the definitive outcome helped me over the years. And you, you brought up a good point um, that I want to transition into is – using some personal things in your life that will help you kind of stay motivated for when you are getting hung up on or when you are hitting a wall. What keeps you motivated to continue to do sales and, um, you know, how can other people find motivation when stuff's not going their way? It's an interesting question. I don't necessarily know that I know the answer to that question in terms of what keeps me motivated or how I've kept myself motivated over time. I've always been relatively ambitious, which is funny because, I mean, even growing up, like playing sports, I was never like the star at anything. I was pretty good at school early on, but I swam for years and I was, I worked really hard, but I wasn't like world class at that. I tried to play basketball. That was embarrassing how bad that was, but I worked really hard. So I don't really know. I felt like there was just something within me that was programmed to like want to compete Ideally, I want to win, but mm-hmm. I like just the motion of being in competitive environments and fast-paced environments. So I think that's probably part of what's kept me motivated from a sales perspective. I've been in sales leadership for a lot longer than I've been in like an individual contributor role, and I love managing salespeople. I love the the act and the motion of coaching, uh, and especially seeing reps that are relatively young or early in their career, being able to see those first wins and start figuring out what they're good at, identify what their gaps are, and figure out how to overcompensate for those. Like, I get a rush from that for sure. Um, And I I love closing my own deals, don't get me wrong, but I learned pretty early on that I find it much more rewarding and more fun for me personally to see people that I lead win, and teams that I lead in particular to see them win. So I think that's probably what's kept me motivated through. I mean, every career has its ups and downs and disappointments and opportunities you don't get or things you think you deserved. But at the end of the day, like seeing people around me be successful and knowing that I played a part in that, I find that really, really rewarding. So that's clearly how you stay motivated. How do you motivate your team? Yeah, 
that's a different one because people are so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even the team that I lead now, like, I mean, I could just go to a laundry list of how diverse they are uh, in terms of background, the amount of experience, and what motivates them at the end of the day. From a management perspective, I think it's really, really important to actually know your people and to know them as human beings, not just like what they're good at in the role, but where do they see themselves long term. And as a sales leader, I think it's really important to understand like where do they want to be in two years and in five years. Uh, and folks that are early on in the career don't always know the answer to that, but you can help them kind of paint a picture of mm. what would make them really excited to get out of bed five years from now. You Usually for salespeople, they either feel like there's a gravitational pull towards more of that management or leadership track, um, or they're very motivated to stay kind of that individual contributor role and work up market from a sales perspective. Yeah. Um, so the earlier I can figure that out, then it makes it much easier to then tie what we're doing day in and day out, month in, month out, quarter in, quarter out, into that bigger picture goal. Sure. So it's about kind of creating like a tangible, like goal setting with them step by step kind yeah. of? I mean, it's... The ideal scenario is if you can figure out that big picture, like what they want to do long, long term, then it's pretty easy to work backwards from there. Sometimes if you can't get to that, and some people take longer to warm up to you as well. So, I mean, I took over a team here at Demandbase not that many months ago. I think it was eight or nine months ago. Um, So you have some people that just dive straight in and literally want to share their life story and open up and be raw and vulnerable. And then others that hold their cards a little bit closer and it takes a bit more time. So there's always an element of trust that has to be built for sure. Um, And as you build trust over time, usually it gets easier to get access into like, what is the big picture? What's the goal? And then be able to help kind of tie that back. Yeah, the why. Yeah, for sure. So you obviously have a lot of experience, you know, individually selling and then obviously managing teams. So you've seen a lot of different styles of sales. What makes somebody successful in sales? So I think there's a few things. Uh, and one, it's important to know that people are very diverse and very different. So there's certainly no kind of one or two straightforward answers. Uh, but there's a couple things that I've definitely seen are really constants across the board. Um, and it ties really back into like how I see the world or how I see the people that I manage. For me, the fundamental belief is really, one, I think that people are amazing. So we just have so much potential. And that ties in from a sales perspective into I'm looking for people that find people genuinely interesting and have that positive view of like human beings in general. I think that's really, really important. Um, I also think that we are built for community. So we thrive in team environments. And I think that when teams are engaged and connected, that they're literally unstoppable. So I look for that in salespeople, um, people that gravitate towards other individuals and know how to work successfully um, in a team setting. Uh, Maybe the final piece I would say is I think that generally most of us as people tend to play way too small. So we we don't accomplish even a fraction of what we're capable of. Uh, We don't live up to the potential. Um, So I'm looking for people and the salespeople that I've worked with that I think are exceptional are those that push for more sometimes it's this like intrinsic competitive drive but sometimes it's just they have really high standards or they believe that really impressive things are possible and they push themselves to go achieve those things Um, I don't know if you're you and I have actually talked about this a little bit in the past but the concept of growth mindset versus a fixed mindset Um, there's some great research on it Um, Carol Dweck uh, wrote a book and has done a lot of really really good research Um, she's a a psychologist that um, talks a lot, she's been teaching for years on it, uh, about the concept of how we see the world and how this concept of mindset really is the foundation for everything that we do or we accomplish. And it sounds super basic. Even if you read her book, she kind of makes a joke about how simple it is. But it's just, you either see the world through the lens of it's fixed, like it is what it is, your IQ, it is what it is, or I have the potential to shape it and fix it. Um, And that's when you look at the concept of growth mindset 
it's I look at failure very differently. I think that I have potential to be more than I am today. I think that I can learn maybe not anything, but just about anything. Um, and so when I look at my own career, that's definitely something that has shaped not just how I've gone about the jobs that I've had and helped me find success is seeing the world through that lens of a growth mindset versus fixed, but it's definitely something that I look for in sellers that I hire, managers that I hire, people that I want to work next to every day, because um, I think it definitely shapes kind of how you go about everything that you do. Yeah, and I absolutely love that topic, which is uh, really why I want to kind of dive deeper into that. What are the benefits of having a growth mindset? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, one, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but this concept of resilience, of being able to bounce back, um, it feels really relevant because we're talking to an audience of a lot of salespeople. But in any career, it's not just sellers. Like We're all going to deal with rejection. We're all going to deal with failure. We're all going to have outcomes that aren't what we are looking for or hoping for. And the way that you respond to that really determines what you do next. Yeah. Like We've all been in scenarios where we've, I mean, it could be as simple as like I failed a test or I didn't perform well in some type of sporting event. I have two options. I either go study harder and do better or I give up. Same thing in sports. I walk away or I decide that I want to practice and get better and really spend time. So you can think about how that applies to everything in life, literally everything that you do that maybe isn't as exceptional as you know you're capable of. You can either walk away and like feel like, oh, this is the reality. This is, this is the best I've got. This is what I'm working with. Or you can respond with, I know I can do better. I know I have more to bring to the table and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there or to figure out what that piece is. And to me, that's kind of the difference. And to the opposite point, is is having a fixed mindset bad? And if so, you know why, why is it so bad to have a fixed mindset? So Carol actually writes about it a little bit in her book, and it, it's interesting because she was like, there's, the reality is there's going to be some people, and there's some executive-level leaders that you'll meet that absolutely have a fixed mindset and they see the world a certain way and that it is what it is. So I don't know that it's, that it's necessarily bad or good. It's very, very different. And the potential that it brings kind of to your existence and what you're able to accomplish is definitely very different. Um, I mean, if I look at my own scenarios, cause I, I think I mentioned I'm re- I'm really competitive, which the negative of that is that sometimes I don't want to do things I'm not good at because I like to excel. I like to, I mean, even you can just use silly examples. Like I'm not going to play a game of pickup beach volleyball because I'm really, really bad at volleyball. So you can think about the things in life that I might miss out on just because I'm a little bit nervous to not be good at it. Or maybe I don't feel like I have the time or the bandwidth to really like lean in and excel at that specific area. Uh, And beach volleyball might be a funny example. And I think life will go on if I don't happen to become excellent at that particular sport. Uh, But I certainly don't ever want to be the person that sits on the sidelines and misses out on great opportunities. I mean, you can, there's, there's lots of studies about the fact that women quite often, it's, it's a big generalization, but sometimes we are hesitant to put up our hand for a new opportunity until we feel 100% qualified for that opportunity. Uh, whereas for the opposite sex, it's not always true. Um, so it's interesting. I, I don't want to be that person that sits back and waits until I feel like I've learned everything or mastered everything before I'm willing to take a risk or take a chance on something new. So going off that topic actually is a really good segue for my next question. How did having a growth mindset actually help you succeed as a woman in a historically male-driven industry such as sales? Yeah, super relevant question, and I think it's a really important one to ask for sure. And uh, there's so many examples that I can give, but would you think of being, and you're correct, 
sales is so male dominated, especially as you move up from an executive perspective, or if you look at like the board level perspective, um, it's easy for us to talk about how balance has improved and certainly it has if we go back a generation, um, but that doesn't mean we don't still have a ton of ground to make up. Um, and the reality is there's going to be situations or scenarios that I might encounter that are going to look different for me than they would for, for you or for someone else um, that, that may be a male in the same role that I'm in or the opportunity that I'm going for. Uh, and there's two ways I can respond to that. I can either get really huffy and angry about being overlooked for something or feeling like something was unjust or unfair, or I can take a step back, rationally think through what happened, what was the experience, and what opportunity do I have to influence or mold or shift or shape what the outcome is. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't think that we should absolutely go for equality and I should expect equal treatment, equal pay, all the things that I think are really important, uh, but I have an option in terms of how I respond to every scenario, and I think it's super important, not just for women, but think of minorities or folks that are slightly more marginalized in different careers. That concept of growth mindset, in my opinion, is even more important there. Uh, so how does somebody that maybe has a fixed mindset, how can they start to improve themselves to move towards a, more of a growth mindset? I think it starts with first identifying that you may be challenged in this area. So I would encourage that person and myself included to look back at maybe things that haven't gone their way or my way, uh, opportunities where I feel like maybe I've failed at something or I haven't accomplished as much as I was hoping for and identify how, how did I respond in the moment? Because we're all going to have scenarios where we just gave up too easily or threw our hands up or, or maybe we didn't go for that opportunity or you know decide to learn XYZ because it felt a little bit outside of our league. And if you can start by identifying just a couple of things that kind of fit that mold, then it's very easy to then think, like, oh, how could I have responded differently? or encourage and push yourself to think differently. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I would encourage if you feel like you're struggling with a fixed mindset is to get a mentor or a coach or even just a friend um, and sit and have a conversation. And maybe it's you're talking about you know your career specifically. I feel like this is a challenge for me and I really wanna open myself up to maybe it's taking more risks. So here's three things that I feel like I can lean in and really like challenge myself to take risks over the next month or the next quarter. Um, and then meet with that person again and have some sense of accountability of, did you go about doing that? Uh, or were there things that potentially reacted badly or handled rejection really poorly? And how, again, processing with someone else, how could I have handled that or done it differently? Yeah, I think those are really good tips in transitioning to a more growth mindset. I would also add trying out new things. I think that often people with fixed mindsets, they get stuck in this complacent space and they're very comfortable. Um, but people with growth mindsets, I feel like they're trying new things out. They're putting themselves in uncomfortable situations and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. So what advice can you give around trying out new things? First, I would say travel. <laughs> um, expose yourself to different settings, different scenarios, meet people that look and think and act differently than you do. Uh, and that doesn't always have to mean like epic exotic adventures. Absolutely, if you can go jump on a, a plane and spend a week in Thailand or, or China or you know, somewhere that you've never been, I think that's an amazing place to start. Uh, we don't all have those opportunities, but you know, go volunteer in a part of your city that you don't normally spend time in um, or get exposure, go, go teach some you know, inner city kids how to read. Uh, something that not only gives you exposure to different people, but also shifts kind of how you see the world and how you see your surroundings. Uh, that ties absolutely, and I think to your point of trying something new or, uh, or being willing to just do something new or do something different. Um, and then that's absolutely going to tie into helping you to think differently and push yourself outside of the, the your comfort zone or getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, love that. And how important is surrounding yourself with other 
like-minded individuals for helping yourself get more of a to a growth mindset I mean it's probably the most important thing or it's yeah. one of the most important things I mean we are basically the sum of the people that we spend our lives with um, and so many of us spend our lives with people that are exactly like us or people that we grew up with and um, we don't push ourselves outside of that to surround ourselves with excellent different interesting people I would say if I mean, if you want to be a CEO of a company one day, then you need to meet some CEOs and you need to get exposure to what they do. Um, and it takes being proactive and pushing yourself. Uh, but I think it's really, really important. And that's actually a reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted to get exposure to people I wouldn't normally sit down and have a conversation with, get to pick their brains a little bit. Selfishly, I get to get free advice, right? And I also get to share it. So it's putting out some content. It's connecting me with other people. They're then connecting me with somebody else. And it's really helping me kind of put my mindset in a particular way and, and kind of see the, the growth towards that. So that's the whole theme behind the podcast as well. It's literally the perfect example of the a growth mindset. Example. Yeah, like <laughs> identifying something that you know would better you, pushing yourself to do it, Sorry. taking risks, making the asks. And I mean, you've met some pretty amazing people and gotten exposure to really, really cool opportunities. Absolutely. And my last question that I ask everybody on the podcast, what advice can you give to a young professional that's one, either looking to move their way up the the current company ladder or start a business or maybe start something new? What is the best piece of advice you can give for someone to take that next step? So it's a great question. And there's so many different options swirling through my mind in terms of how to answer it. I would say probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is to expect more of yourself Back to my earlier point, I think that so many of us play too small. Like we just we don't tap into what we're really capable of, and part of that's just because we don't really understand. I think what we're capable of as individuals. So if there's an opportunity in front of you, or if there's something that you want, I would say go get it and be willing to take the risk and make the ask. If it's a promotion you're not really ready for, or you don't think that you maybe have earned yet, ask the question. You might be told no, and if you're told no, and we talk about this in sales a lot. The quicker we can get to a no, the better, because we can understand, one, is there an opportunity to turn it to a yes? And if not, then we're able to move on really quickly. And it's the same thing in our careers and other opportunities even outside of career. If we don't ever ask for what we want and really go after it, then we'll never get to the point of understanding what it will actually take to get there. That's an amazing way to end it. Katie, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to share this one. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was yeah. great. First in-person interview, done. Love it. Awesome. <laughs>